Welcome to Conversations in Equine Science. My name is Kate Acton and I'm joined by Nancy McLean. And just remember that each horse is an individual. So with that in mind, you should always seek professional advice before implementing any of the research we discuss. Today's topic, we are looking at a research paper by N. Hartman and L. Greening. And it's a preliminary study investigating the influence of auditory stimulation on the occurrence of nocturnal equine sleep-related behavior in stabled horses. So a bit of a mouthful, but in essence, this study was looking at how music affected horses at nighttime, stabled horses. And it was really an interesting study. Now they have said there's so much more you can do with it and more research that can be carried out. But in it, they took seven stabled horses on one yard. And these horses were stabled for 24 hours a day. So they were only outside for limited grazing and they were exercised two to three hours, but not continuously. So they were ridden ponies um, ridden by university students and they would just be ridden when and as needed. So about two to three hours on average. And these horses were observed from 8.30 at night to 6.30 over nine nights using infrared CCTV. And there were a couple of different conditions they put them under. So the first thing was they had no music for the first two nights. So that's how they could kind of get a basis of what their natural behavior was. Then they had exposure to music for five nights but it wasn't consecutive. So that was night three and four, was it, Nancy? Um, yes, it was, yeah, night three and four. And they classified that as the B1 group. And then nights five, or sorry, nights, yeah, was it three and four? Then they had one <laughs> night break. Yep. And then yeah, one, my counting is getting all lost. <laughs> Yeah, they had uh, one night without music, and then um, they had night six, seven, and eight with music, and then night nine was without music. Fab. And the music that was played was Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. So basically, the study found that there was a significant effect on their nocturnal behavior. And there was a couple of interesting things that came up from it. So typically they found um, without music that horses will be recumbent maybe for about 22% of the night. But the prevailing um, behaviors that they'll do is head over the door, standing within their stall and ingestion, so eating. But what I thought was so interesting is that they have to be recumbent. So they have to be lying down on their side, not on their chest. They have to be in lateral recumbency to be able to achieve REM. So that's your rapid eye movement, or as we would probably most call it, deep sleep. And they can't do that when they're standing. But we do know that horses can achieve some sleep standing up and that they can actually survive on relatively little sleep compared to other mammals, which was also an interesting adaptation because they're so vulnerable when they are lying down to get that sleep as a prey animal. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that um, they said horses really only need a total 
of three hours sleep for each 24 hours. But of that three hours of sleep, 30 to 50 minutes needs to really be REM sleep. Which seems so short. Like that's incredible that they just need a half hour of deep sleep every 24 hours. Man, I would get a lot done if that's all I I know. Could you imagine? (laughs) (laughs) I thought another interesting uh, part of it was they were bedded in approximately 12 by 12 stalls. It was 3.6 meters um, by 3.6 meters. And the bedding was two inches thick. It was uh, shavings. And then they were banked 15 inches. Um, So I kept thinking, you know, that's not a deep, deep um, bedding. So um, they did have mats underneath that. So they're the fact that the music encouraged lateral recumbency was really amazing. So they covered all their bases by where we can't say it was the bedding that created them wanting to lay down and sleep. Yeah, because what was really cool was they mentioned a previous research paper that shows um, like the average amount of time a horse will lie on its side to do that lateral recumbency sleeping it's much less for horses that are bedded on wood shavings versus straw for some reason. So I thought that'd be an interesting paper to look up in the future, like how bedding affects their sleep. Because in my head, I just think, you know, the shavings would be softer than straw. So you would, you know, that's how I would rationalize it. You would sleep better on shavings. But it was interesting that they actually didn't lie down as often in shavings than they did in straw. That sounds like a neat one to do in the future. And um, these horses were age six to 16 years old. So there weren't any geriatric horses in the study. So um, the fact that, you know, they kept things very consistent. um, They didn't have any um, stereotypical behaviors. And then they were from 14 hands to 15.3. So there weren't any extremely large horses in this study either. So they eliminated a lot of variables that could have possibly confounded the reason for lateral recumbency. I think that was cool as well that they did consider that factor of the height of the horse because, you know, if you're going to keep the stable the same size, if that's one of your constants in the research that, you know, your stable's 12 by 12, then the height of the horse is obviously going to make a big difference as to whether they're comfortable within that space or not. Yep. And I have a 17-2 thoroughbred mare, and she is a sleeper. She will do lateral recumbency and even snore where we can hear her from the barn (laughs) to the house snoring and she knows how to sleep that big girl does and I think it's so smart of her to take weight off those legs and feet and she does it she loves her eating and her sleeping it's funny because we see that in dogs like people think you know oh if I get a big dog it's going to need so much more exercise but actually big dogs are more laid back and need less exercise than like something that's small and more fiery like a Jack Russell 
So you actually yeah, find they I, are a lot more chill. Well, with thoroughbreds, I think it's probably, you know, much of a muchness because they've got all that energy anyway. Yeah, they're kind of like chihuahuas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but um, she likes to lay down. And anyway, they did, I thought, a very good job at being able to kind of say, hey, this uh, Beethoven symphony, they played it. Uh, what did they play it? Two hours, Kate? Yeah, till half one in the morning. Okay, and then it's like a 15-minute full symphony. I'm not a music major, but I did, and I will put a link to the symphony. It's that Ode to Joy uh, portion of it as well. Now, another research paper um, I looked up was the auditory stimulation of the stable equine and the effect of different genres on behavior. And they mentioned that a major key um, provoked more positive uh, enrichment in horses, but a minor key could be somewhat aversive. And in human studies, minor keys brought about sadness and major keys brings about happiness so I wanted to see well what key was this ninth done in and it's D minor so that didn't make sense to me so I looked up the whole symphony and what happens is it changes from D minor um, to a major and then back to B flat which would be considered a minor and then it ends with a G and D in major. So I thought it still goes along with current research that um, the fact that it's switching between minor and major kind of coincides with this 2012 research. And I will add that the paper, uh, our major paper today is um, a 2019 study. So it's relatively new. Yeah. And I thought as well, so that's why they've said in this study then, because I didn't read that paper, that other paper that you're on about that looked at the different genres. But in this study, they did allude to that because they said um, that other genres have shown to reduce stress and have a positive emotional state specifically for resources. So there are ones that looked into that. And were you saying earlier, Nancy, there were certain genres that horses specifically didn't seem to like? It, yes, in that paper, which is by Claire Carter and Linda Green, um, Greening, which Linda also did. This one. The paper, yeah. Um, they said that classical and country were positive enrichment to horses, jazz and rock seemed to be aversive to them. So they showed more vigilant behavior and got more agitated. But in this secondary paper, the decibels were just 21 decibels in our um, major paper today, it was at 62.3. So I looked up what decibels meant because looking at 20 versus 63 meant nothing to me. So uh, fireworks going off is 140 decibels. So you go down to a moderate, normal conversation 
our dishwasher uh, moderate rainfall would be in that 60 decibel range. So not incredibly loud. No, just very comfortable. But a faint decibel would be the 20 to 21 decibel. And it's equivalent to wind rustling leaves. So you don't need to be blaring the music in the barn for a horse to be able to maybe not hear what's going on outside. You can keep it very soft and it tends to muffle, say, fireworks or uh, maybe construction crew down the road from you or whatever. I tend to blast that music during July 4th in the in the United States and I don't need to be doing that and you know that kind of was a little eye-opening because I always thought I had to override the fireworks to be able to keep the horses you know calm and I didn't have to so next year I'm going to keep it more softer and see what the results are. Jane, that's interesting because when we talk to owners of dogs, um, fireworks can be extremely distressing for them, obviously, as well. We always say to them, you know, play some music. And there are studies that show dogs prefer classical music. But we would say, like, put on Mm -hmm. some music for them. But we would also say, which I don't know if that's been done with horses, but to desensitize them to the noise of a firework. So you can actually buy CDs, certainly in the UK and Ireland, that play firework sounds. Now, I'm sure you could probably, we're we're probably a bit beyond buying CDs maybe, but I'm sure you could YouTube the same thing. And we'd advise to make it like a positive reaction, but it can be really hard with, as you were saying, you know, certain fireworks. So like the fireworks that make the piercing whistling noise it can be very difficult to like play that noise and it's distressing to an animal and try and make that a positive situation. But maybe you could use it in a way that it somehow desensitizes them to it as well. So when it comes to, you know, the 4th of July in America, they're not as stressed when those fireworks are going off. Yeah, my horses are good with gunshots the booms, it's the high-pierced whistling fireworks that tends to really get them where they pace a little bit in their stalls. And so... Yeah, I was just thinking as well, Nancy, actually, is do you only play the music louder when there's going to be fireworks? You may have conditioned them. Yeah, because, you know, I just kept trying to override what was going on outside. And and when I worked at the St. Louis Zoo, I realized in the antelope house, they would bring in the um, kudus and the deer-like animals, and they would play a radio, you know, somewhat soft. And, you know, being in the city of St. Louis, all those fireworks, those Uh, wild animals they did pretty well during July so you know there's something to be said about using this music research on your own farm or in your boarding barn um, to kind of help your horses cope Um, I also looked up because I noticed 
these horses were six to 16 years old. And I thought, what about geriatric horses and music? And there was a study done in 2019 on the use of music therapy in aiding the relaxation of geriatric horses. And what they said is there was about a three-week period where it really relaxed those horses that had arthritis, um, you know, were stabled to be able to kind of have downtime. And they ate more, they did more foraging, and they also did lateral recumbency more uh, up until about a three-week period. And then they kind of habituated to that music, and they went back to the original uh, way of their behavior was where maybe they stood more. Now, there might be some variables within that study because they did not mention bedding depth, bedding uh, used. And sometimes, you know, if a horse is older, they have mm -hmm. joint issues and they don't lay down because of arthritis. So I kind of took that paper um, with a grain of salt because and they did acknowledge as well, there needs to be further research, but it did tend to alleviate the aversive reactions of these horses. Yeah, because this paper is well found. So just to point out to anyone that maybe doesn't know, but because I wouldn't have really clicked that this was that kind of behavior, but head over the door behavior is a horse being vigilant. So this paper yeah. concluded that music had a positive effect on ingestion so it increased how much they were eating and recumbency and the more they eat means that they're doing less of other behaviors so if they're eating more they're doing less of you know standing looking out the door being vigilant which is good for their relaxation but they also concluded that horses that are stables overnight essentially are now in an environment where it's really quiet so it's like hypo stimulating and then at times that might actually increase their state of vigilance because of that. And also the fact that they're a prey animal, they're now isolated unless you have that kind of open barn system where your horses, you know, you might have four or five horses in a large area within a barn. But I don't think many people do that. Um, I might be wrong, but I think traditional stabling seems to still be the preferred method. Um, so they're isolated and they're confined. And then when they do hear a noise that's outside, they have no way of really being able to identify the source or the cause of it. So the music just played such an important role in masking those noises and increasing their relaxation. I, and I will say I was so into this week's research, which Kate picked it. So I appreciated this paper so much because I'm a big music lover and anyone who knows me knows I usually ride to music and it helps me maintain a tempo and a rhythm when I'm riding. So we thought this week we would offer for people to message in, go to our anchor um, homepage and send us a message on what your playlist looks like. And I'm going to, offer my playlist, which may kind of date me and show my age, but I'm going to do it because I get such a good working walk 
uh, in relaxation walk when I play the Bee Gees Staying Alive. And it's just such a good tempo and rhythm to teach a fast horse just to stride out. It makes me use my hips, which then they can match my hip movement, you know, with theirs. And it just works out. I thought that was such a great choice as well, because when you said it, um, when I teach veterinary nurses how to do first aid and how to do CPR, we would tell them when you're doing your compressions, you want to do it to the beat of Bee Gees staying alive in your head because one of the mistakes a lot of people make is that they do too many compressions and you know then you're losing depth you're not properly compressing the heart you're not getting the blood flow so there's so many knock-on effects but to be able to keep that beat in your head and it really is one that is just steady you know you can see a horse actively walking to it um yeah it'd be great Nancy if you could do a video for us of one of your horses and we could put that on the Facebook page I I will be playing that music and then when it comes to a trot I also like footloose which is such a rhythm and tempo because if anything I don't have an automatic metronome in my head so I've always relied on certain songs to help me maintain good rhythm and tempo um, with my horses. And then um, the theme from Flashdance kind of covers all three gates. So that's part of my playlist. And I tell you, you can't beat um, Andre Bocelli for grooming time when you want to put it on low and just go in and start grooming your horses and all that. So if anybody has any playlists they want to share, send it in to us because we're finding out that these music does make a difference and it can help to relax you and it also relaxes your horses. It's so funny because anytime before I would have a final exam when I was studying, I would always play Andrea Bocelli, Time to Say Goodbye. Yeah. And I'm like, this is me saying goodbye to this module. I am not repeating it. (laughs) I'm going to pass this exam. (laughs) That's pretty good. So, but anyway, I thought this was a great research topic, Kate. And if anyone has any questions, um, you can go to anchor.fm and look up conversations in equine science and um, send us a message or email. Uh, We're on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, let us know your soundtracks or your uh, playlist that you like to write to, and we'll mention it on the next show. And I just want to say a quick thank you because Nancy does all the analytic sides of this, so she keeps me up to date with who's listening and in what country. And we've grown um, a nice group of regular listeners that tune in every week. So really, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us. And do just drop us a message on any of those platforms that Nancy said, or if there is any topic you want us to look into, just throw us a message and we can do the research. Sounds wonderful. And thank you so much, Kate, for joining in and taking the time to do this with me. I appreciate it. And we want to say welcome to the country of Malaysia, 
We're now in 15 countries and they joined uh, with us this week. So it's just amazing that we're able to um, get in so many different countries. Brilliant. Thanks so much again, Nancy. And we'll talk to you next week. Okay. Bye-bye.